self-love. That's the topic of today's episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show. Before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to remind you that if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you're looking for more free content from me, you can visit me on the web at brentspirit.com. I've got some videos, some blogs, and some ebooks all for you. This clip that we're about to get into is taken from one of my in-person meditation meetings, and in this segment, we're going to explore self-love together. Let's get into it. I really want to go deep into the topic of self-love beyond the typical ideas of self-love that we have about it being, you know, treating ourselves or going on a little shopping spree or going for a massage and that sort of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's a very surface level understanding of how we can really love ourselves. So today I want to invite you to really explore a much deeper level of self-love. And I want to approach it from, of course, a spiritual perspective, spiritual point of view. So within spirituality, we have this idea that all is one. Everything is one. I am you, you are me. If you look around, this is all you. Whether you can perceive that directly or experience that directly or not, we have a general understanding that somehow, in some way, this is all connected. It's all one. All is divine. When we go out into nature, it's very easy for us to kind of get down with that idea. We see some nice trees. You see the clouds. It's quiet. Maybe there's some animals, birds, and you can appreciate that you're connected to all of this. When we look in nature, it's very easy to see. There's cycles that are taking place with the seasons, with life and death. It's easy to see this, this unity. When you're with people that you're vibing with, and you're appreciating them, it's easy to somehow relate and say, like, yeah, we're connected on, on some way. In this respect, we can understand all is me, all is divine, we're all connected. Where that idea, for many, begins to break down is when we come across things that make us feel uncomfortable, either subtly or in a very intense way. For most, then these ideas of all is one just go out the window, and the idea of separation comes very clearly into our, into our field because we tend to maybe push things away and by pushing things away we are under the assumption that this is separate. So the very act of pushing something away creates and fuels that illusion of separation. So today when I'm speaking about self-love I want to go beyond where it's easy to see that all is one. I want to really go where it's uncomfortable. I'm not going to make you uncomfortable, though uncomfortable things may arise, as they may always arise, but I really want to go there and, and really explore how we can work with things that are uncomfortable, see them as part of the unity, as part of divinity, as part of who we really are, and from that point, that's when we can really tap into what love is. So, 
When you come to yoga studios, you've all heard this word, namaste. Namaste. The light within me bows to the light within you. Right? The God in me recognizes the God in you. In other words, I am you, you are me, we are one. And I'm recognizing that in you. I'm bringing it to the forefront of my consciousness when I say namaste. I'm acknowledging it. Right? There's an active acknowledgement there. So we can say namaste to a tree as well. The light in me recognizes the light in you. Namaste. Very easy to do that. When you come to a place like this and everyone's happy and smiling and peaceful, it's easy to say namaste. Where it begins to become difficult is when somebody challenges us, upsets us, triggers us, then it's very difficult to say namaste. Not directly, I don't mean vocalizing it to them, but to have that recognition that there's, the light in me is still recognizing the light in you. It becomes difficult. But today's theme is self-love, so I want to go even deeper. Beyond uh, viewing other people or the trees and nature as us, I really want to go deeper to the phenomena that's arising within our system. So like I said, we have the premise, all is one, all is divine. What about thoughts? What about emotions? When we practice spirituality, when we have a spiritual practice, we may be yoga teachers, healers, meditators, yogis. We come with a certain identity that comes with those labels. And that identity is associated with peaceful emotions, bliss, joy, love. So when things arise that are in contradiction to those more positive experiences, there's a big schism, there's a big clashing that happens. How can you call yourself a peaceful yoga teacher or a peaceful meditator when you've become angry? So what happens to most people is those emotions become really suppressed, denied, unacknowledged, and bottled up. And when they're bottled up, there creates a huge tension within the system. There's a huge cognitive dissonance that says, I'm supposed to be... A spiritual teacher like myself, I shouldn't be upset, I shouldn't have anxiety, I shouldn't be jealous, I shouldn't be afraid. These are ways of thinking that are conditioned. So we want to go beyond that and give ourselves full permission, no matter who we are or who we think we are, or the labels we've given ourselves or what other people may be calling us, giving ourselves full permission to think, feel, or experience anything that may arise in our system. Acknowledging that whatever arises within us is part of the divine nature of reality. It's, it's all one. So even the most violent thought, in some twisted way, is part of the divine. right? Because it's either all divine or none of it is. And if it's all divine, so is a negative thought. It may be difficult to wrap your mind around that, to wrap your, your understanding around that, but... You've got to understand the full picture is there. This is like a rainbow. Peace, joy, and bliss. Very easy to see that as one. But what about fear? What about those thoughts? So when it comes to self-love, the idea is to say that whatever's arising in my experience may be uncomfortable. I may not like it. It may not fit with the idea or the image that I'm 
quote unquote, supposed to be putting on for the world. But this is what's in my system. And in some way, this is also divine. This is also part of the oneness. And in doing so, that's how we give ourselves permission and space to completely and fully experience whatever it is that's within our system. And that's self-love on the deepest level. Because no matter who you are, at some point, these things are going to arise. You have a choice. Are you going to suppress it, bottle it up, and beat yourself up for having it? Or are you going to say, this is what's arising in my experience. It doesn't feel too good, but it's here. And I can say namaste to that. I can recognize the light in that. Maybe it's a very, very dim light, but you can still recognize it. And in doing so, then that emotion says, all right, you see me. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to be seen. Those negative thoughts say, I just wanted to be seen and recognized. I just wanted you to say namaste to me. And that's when they say, peace out, right? But if you don't recognize them, then they keep coming up. And they keep coming up in more and more twisted ways. They come up through the back door. They come up all at once because we're not willing to just recognize that they are too part of the full spectrum of the divine light, right? So we understand everything is light. This is all light vibrating at different frequencies. So two are the most uncomfortable emotions, right? So for, most, for the most part, the reason that we don't actually understand this basic idea is because growing up, we've been emotionally shut down on some level, right? At the most basic level, when you're crying, parents see that as a problem, right? Don't cry. This is not the place to cry. This is not the time to cry. Or you shouldn't be crying because X, Y, Z. Well, you are crying. That's what's happening in the moment. And if there is a thought or an emotion or a feeling that triggered that crying, that too is not a problem, right? And so what happens is a parent says, you shouldn't be crying. So then we say, oh, okay, okay, I shouldn't be crying. There's something wrong with crying or being upset. And so those emotions get bottled up and we carry that around with us. It's literally like a little bottle that we carry around, right? Suppressed emotions, not just tears and crying, but like all different types of emotions, right? Or maybe if, like men, for example, we're, we're told that we shouldn't be like, don't cry like a little girl, right? So you carry that around and then you take that with you into all different circumstances. And, and even though that may have just been said to you one time when you were a kid, that's been informing, perhaps, forming the way you've been relating with yourself and emotions and in other relationships. Just one time, maybe it was your father who told you don't cry, that's what little girls do. And that one time has been informing the next few decades of your life when it comes to your relationship with emotions. And today, we really want to go and undo that or begin to undo that. It takes time. So let's look at crying, for example. When you cry, there's a release. It's a biological function, right? There's a release that happens. Endorphins are released. It feels good. There's emotions in your body, and when you vocalize when you're crying, you may like, you know, howl or like scream a little bit. It's that emotion coming out of your system. This crying is a release 
of what's pent up in the system already. Crying is not the problem. Crying is the release of the challenging things within the system. But we're told, for some reason, not to cry. So we carry that with us throughout our lives. We shouldn't cry. Maybe it's you shouldn't be unhappy. You have so many things in your life. Why are you unhappy? Maybe your parents may say, I buy you everything. Why are you unhappy? So then we carry this idea around that we shouldn't, we don't have permission to be unhappy because we are, you know, we have a nice place to live, we have nice clothes, we're healthy, whatever it is. So then there's a huge dissonance because we don't give ourselves permission to actually be sad. Right? They may make comparisons. You shouldn't be sad. The kids that are starving have a right to be sad, but not you. And so what do we do? We take that with us. We beat ourselves up. So there's that from the, from the childhood that we carry about not allowing ourselves to feel everything fully. On top of that, then there's the current roles that many of us have in the spiritual community that I'm a spiritual person. So on top of that, I shouldn't be feeling these emotions. I should just be peaceful and blissful. So there's now a compounding pressure on the emotional system. And then it starts manifesting in all different types of ways and we're, and we're confused. So that's why today I invite you to explore what self-love really is. So in one meditation for me, the, the, the definition of love came to me. Now there are many different perspectives about what love is. Some may say that love is merely just chemicals in the brain. Some may say it's a concept. Some may say there's no such thing. They're all valid perspectives. I'm not here to deny or, or, or dismiss any of those perspectives. But the, the message that I received in a meditation was that love is divinity recognizing divinity. Divinity recognizing divinity. Love is when the light in you recognizes the light in whatever it is that may be arising in, in your experience. It may be another person. It may be an emotion, a thought, a feeling. If you just can recognize it as being another aspect of the light, that's love. There's no description in my definition about going out and celebrating it and, and, and hugging it and, and laughing and, and, and dancing with it. It's just a recognition. There's no, there's no description in my definition about not having boundaries per se as well. You may recognize somebody that's toxic to you. You can still love them while still keeping distance. You can say, oh, I recognize the light in me recognizes the light in you, but that doesn't mean that we have to be friends or that we have to be in a relationship. I'm just recognizing that you're part of the light. That's all. That alone is love and that releases them from the judgment and the separation that you, may be, that you may be giving power to with your ideas of like, you're over there and I'm over here. There's separation. And so when we practice love, it's just merely a recognition. Nobody's saying that you need to act on that love in a physical way in the real physical world here. Just recognize. When a negative thought arises in you, yes, it's, it's part of the divine, just as a blissful, loving thought is. Just in the way that a joyful thought or an exciting thought is all divine, even the most violent thoughts. But that doesn't mean that just because it's divine and you're recognizing it as being part of the light, now you have to act on it. You can recognize, oh, these thoughts are here. Fear, anxiety, this is arising. It's part of the light in some way. It's part of the light. Okay, I see it. I recognize it. 
It doesn't mean you get up and you go in and yell at somebody, right? When negativity arises, we can always, for the most part, resolve it within ourselves without having to involve other people. And how we resolve it in ourselves is by we recognize that even that negativity is part of the light. And so, I'm not a very religious person. I'm not a religious person at all. But when we think of Jesus, one of my favorite stories of Jesus is when he went into the temple and saw that they were running a marketplace in there. And the story goes that he became angry. This is Jesus. If Jesus can get angry, so can you. Okay? Just because you may be playing the role of some sort of healer or meditator, whatever it is, you're allowed to get angry. If appropriate, you can express that anger, but it has to really be something that you've brought consciousness to. Okay? It's not necessary to go out and, and unleash all of the anger on people. It's not necessary when it comes to self-love. So I don't want this to be misconstrued as a permission slip to go and, and, and act out your most violent thoughts. It's a permission slip to have those thoughts, to recognize them as the light. Okay? So, this is an active practice that we engage in. When we bring awareness to thoughts that may arise in meditation, it's almost like it's passive. We're just witnessing. Just witnessing. We're letting whatever arises and we're just witnessing it. When it comes to love, it's a little bit more active because we're witnessing it and then as we're witnessing it, we're also actively acknowledging what it is at its, at its essence. We're acknowledging that this is part of the light. So that active acknowledgement can come in the form of a thought or an affirmation or a mantra that you may have in your mind that you express towards whatever's arising. That mantra may be in your mind, it may be in your heart. Okay? So in the meditation that we engage in to actually love ourselves, we can say something like, this thought or emotion or feeling is part of the light. And we can repeat that, this is part of the light. By doing so, we're not pressing it down anymore. We're just saying this is part of the light and it's allowed a chance to be present in my awareness. And in doing so, it can be released. Because like I said, that's all it wants. It just wants to be seen. So there's no need to beat ourselves up for whatever's arising in our experience. The, the practice is one that goes one step beyond just bringing awareness. As we actively recognize things that are uncomfortable as the light, our, our consciousness and our understanding of all is one and our ability to perceive that in the real world begins to expand. Because now our definition begins to expand. And when I say definition, I mean our lived 
definition, our direct experience of that begins to expand. We can then witness a person that's maybe being negative or, or causing some sort of problem. We can then say, oh, this is part of the light too. Because I've had thoughts like them. My thoughts were of the divine and, and their thoughts are of the divine too. They may be acting on them and that's of the divine too. And in doing so, then that love for ourselves begins to spread outwards towards other people. And following that, we can begin to really see this idea, returning back to this idea of the light in me, recognize the light in you. It goes beyond just words that we're saying, but it has to begin within ourselves. There's no way that you're going to see another person as yourself unless you can see whatever's arising in yourself as yourself, not separate. There is no separation. How do we go beyond that? We begin by acknowledging that there's no separation within ourselves. Whatever's arising is one with the divine, which is what we are.